This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are hosts of Downtown Lowdown, and we will be giving you the lowdown on what's new in business, events, developments, and issues that affect downtown. And we talk to key individuals that help to make downtown Halifax better. We have a very exciting episode today, so we are just going to jump right into it. Yes, we do. In honor of International Women's Day, which is March 8th, we interviewed four female business owners in downtown Halifax. They include Leslie Gascoigne, who is a co-owner and president of Trampoline Branding, Christine Allen and her daughter, Judy Ann Allen. They are a mother-daughter team who own and operate Brada, Jamaican Jerk Joint on Grafton Street, and we interviewed them on location at Brada. And Sarah Craig, the owner of iHeartBikes. We also have a quick biz buzz with Luke, and Morgan is back with the Coast Top 5 events for March 3rd to 16th, and we will be ending the episode with an interview with Jennifer Punch. Jennifer is the Director of Marketing and Sales at the Discovery Center, and she is going to tell us all about March break at the Discovery Center. Let's get started with Leslie. Trampoline Branding is a fully integrated, multidisciplinary agency located in the factory on Hollis. Having grown from a strategic creative boutique over 15 years ago, Trampoline has evolved to become one of the largest branding agencies in Atlantic Canada and proudly services such clients as NSLC, St. Mary's University, Halifax Shopping Centre, the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, Communications NS, and more. As co-owner and president of Trampoline, Leslie Gascoigne is one of many female business owners in downtown Halifax, and we are very excited to have Leslie on this episode of Downtown Lowdown. Thanks for joining us today, Leslie. So happy that you asked me. To start, can you give our listeners a quick history of Trampoline Branding? Sure. So we began uh, 16 years ago, and we were, we had, uh, Mark and I owned the agency. My husband and I uh, are lucky enough to work together Mm -hmm. and have done so successfully, believe it or not, for 16 years. (laughs) And um, we are Halifax, you know, I'm Halifax born and bred. He's he's a he's an immigrant to Canada, was born in England and, okay. and, and grew up here. He went to Dal, I went to SMU. You know, it's one of those stories where you grow up here, you go to university here mm-hmm. and then you're itching to leave. So we actually soon after graduating left uh, Halifax and went to seek our fame and fortune out west in Vancouver and Whistler because okay. we're big skiers mm-hmm. and uh, worked for, started started our business, my, my um, trajectory in the ad business here for an agency, worked for agencies out in Vancouver and mm-hmm. Whistler uh, and so did Mark. We had our boys out there, but we came back in 2004 with the distinct purpose of looking for an agency to buy into okay. because we wanted our, we had two boys out there and we we loved it. You know, it was it's a great it's a great place, but we really wanted to be back on the East Coast and we really wanted our boys to grow up here and for us to have our family here. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of our extended family was here. So, we didn't look back. We had a great opportunity to buy into um, a graphic design firm by the name of Page and Wood. Yes, I remember so that Eric name. Wood and mm-hmm. Dennis Page, and Dennis happens to be the dad of Ellen Page. That's so right. This was, yeah. this was when her career was taking off, and they were looking for a succession plan. And so Mark and I, with our background, came in and were lucky enough to um, buy into it with Eric and Dennis, and did that for a couple of years as the four of us. And then in 2006, Mark and I bought bought their shares out, and we sort of went from there. And when we started, we were a small uh, graphic design firm, uh, creative Mm -hmm. boutique, and we just started to slowly grow. Mark and I recognized that uh, we needed to uh, beef up our abilities on the strategic branding side, uh, on the media side. Uh, Digital was exploding at the time, so uh, we added a small, um, you know, one developer. And, you know, we grew. Over the years, we have grown from, I think, when we bought in, there were 11 of us, and it was at the brewery market, you know, right, down on Water that. Street. Yes. Yeah, a great yeah. location. We outgrew that space in about 2010, I think, and we moved like two blocks up to Barrington Street. So that right. was a big, exciting move mm-hmm. for us. And um, 
at that point, I think we were about 20 folks. And then in the last six months, have moved back down mm-hmm. to what what is still the brewery market to um, this new location called The Factory. It's a great location, and we're now just under 40 people. That's and amazing. And have um, spun it off. Uh, we have Trampoline as our core offering, mm-hmm. um, and then Twist and Bits, who is uh, our sister agency that is a design studio and dev group, and then Trampoline offers media. We have a social media practice. Right. We have our, our creative team, um, strategic really full marketing, service. full yeah. service. Yeah. You know, there's there's only a few of us in the region that, mm-hmm. that have that sort of full scope, and it's fun. So it's it's been a pretty wild ride along the way. So your bio mentions that you have over 25 years of experience yeah. in ad agencies. Oh, my gosh. It's probably <laughs> over 30 now, sadly <laughs> enough. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you've seen any changes, either positive or negative, for females in the marketing industry over the years. What's been so interesting uh, is that marketing is like the great equalizer. Right. Really, it's it's an equal opportunity mm-hmm. environment. So I have never really felt that females have not been empowered to thrive and grow and mm-hmm. succeed in this business, uh, especially in the in a in a communications business um, where I think those sort of natural more natural soft skills on the female right. side the, yeah, the you know point. the 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 sense of you know that sense of empathy or mm-hmm. listen and it's not to say males don't have it because of course they do and there's right. lots of lots of folks that we have on our staff who are who have that ability regardless of their sex but um, it's just it's been one of those great uh, sectors, I think industry sectors that does um, have a lot of females, right. and we'd like to see more females on the creative side. Yes, I will I, say, I agree. Yeah, yeah, you know that, um, and you know we have a female uh, cre- creative team internally. One of our creative okay. directors is female, mm-hmm. so it's nice to uh, you know I think we're actually almost equal in terms of fifty-fifty male female oh, wow, on the that's creative great. side. Yeah. So um, and certainly in our design group, it's uh, it's also mostly female. So, and what's also kind of cool is, of course, as digital has exploded, um, you know, and the whole computer science and right. analytics and insights, like there's a lot of females now that are graduating with those types okay. of skills. And, I mean, statistically, we know that uh, folks who are entering university, what used to be, you know, 15 years ago, even 20 years ago, it was 60% male right. you know, who would go into university mm-hmm. and 40% female. Now it's the reverse. Like it is. It's, it's 60% females who mm-hmm. are. Um, so now it's sort of like, okay, I, uh, as a mother of two boys, I'm like, okay, well, like, let's bring up the guys. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's empower the guys okay. too. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah. so, but no, I haven't. I, luckily, and, and also I think certainly um, the Me Too movement in the last number of years mm-hmm. has really, I think, brought to light the the need for ensuring that there's always appropriate behavior, right. you know, because yes. in this business too, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, we, we work hard, we also play hard. Right. So with, with, if you're at a conference or an industry function or, you know, over the years, it's been kind of interesting mm-hmm. to observe the way uh, colleagues interact with each other. Yes. Um, and there's, there's certainly, I see an awareness from the male counterparts in our industry of like, okay, I actually need to be a bit more careful here than perhaps I needed to be 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's an obligation on our part to just kind of call that out a little. Right. So as a female co-owner and president of an ad agency, what advice would you give to women listening to this podcast who are interested in getting into the agency world? So I think the advice that I'd give uh, you know, to come into the agency world wouldn't be really any different than anywhere in starting your career. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to be to be a good listener, yeah. to be willing to learn, to be willing to put in that hard work. You're not always going to succeed. And if you have a willingness to actually fess up when, you know what, I think I messed that up. You know, I'll never mm-hmm. make that mistake again. Like always own own your right. own, own your mistakes, own your successes. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to trust the person and the folks that you're working with to lean on them for advice, for counsel. Um, and really, it's it's no different for males either. I guess any uh, it, this applies mm-hmm. to both because um, I don't really think there needs to be a dis- uh, distinction between a male or female coming into the into the business. Finally, I would like to ask you about work life balance. This is the one that I'm most interested in. <laughs> Being a mother, That's right, also, because how old is your your how old are your girls? Four and seven. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're at that like I'm in, crazy right in the thick age. of it. Yeah. 
I, I listen, I don't even know if I can give you good advice on that one because there's no easy answer on okay. that one. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's trajectory or like um, story is different. You mm-hmm. know, I think you have to surround yourself with it's very important to have a great support structure yes. around you. And um and I, we were lucky enough to do that by virtue of living close to the universities in, in Halifax. Okay. We always counted on um, university students. Right. Uh, interestingly yeah. enough, university students who were from Ontario who were here and were missing their families. And, and um, so we have uh, had a whole bevy of wonderful students over the years who helped us okay. and who were like surrogate moms, right? So they would go and be with my kids at lunch and they would go get them after school. And I mean, we've gone to like... I want to say three different weddings. Oh, wow. You know, it's, it yes. was so funny because, you know, you just have to, I think, allow and entrust, you know, trust other people that, right. that you know, and it's great, I think, for our boys because they learned that lots of people can love you and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they got very secure, I think, in knowing like, wow, there's lots of people out here who are going to look out for me. The other th- mm-hmm. advice I would give is don't try to be a hero. Like, you really cannot successfully do it all. Right. And you have to give yourself a break, right? you know, and just know you totally do. You have to know like, um, okay, this I can be really good at and be, learn to be a really good delegator. Mm -hmm. And again, I think just learning to finding that support structure. And also I was so lucky. I mean, I worked with my husband, so he and I (laughs) were able to trade off. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. The other thing is I think today, hopefully employers are being more open to the fact that, oh, like luckily we do have quite a few mothers on staff here. Mm -hmm. And if they do have a a kid, like they just work from home with their laptop. Yeah, things have changed. You can actually, you know, still get work done with a screaming child beside you. (laughs) So easy. (laughs) We are like, I will say, I do think, this is terrible. Like we just, we're natural multitaskers. Females are natural multitaskers. We just, there's something, I think there's something like innately in us that Mm -hmm. knows we have to have the ability to do that. Yes. Um, So that doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. That's really interesting. Thank you, Leslie, for talking to us today about your experience as a female business owner. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy you did. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled. Leslie Gascoigne is a co-owner and president of Trampoline Branding, a full-service branding and marketing agency in downtown Halifax. We interviewed her on-site at Trampoline's new location in the factory on Hollis in the brewery market area. You can learn more about Trampoline at trampolinebranding.com, or we will have a link to Trampoline on our podcast page, downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. Brada Jamaican Jerk Joint, located at 1567 Grafton Street, opened last year in downtown Halifax. They bring the hospitality and the true taste of the island to Halifax. Christine Allen and her daughter Judy Ann Allen are owners of Brada, along with Christine's other daughter. Christine, Judy Ann, thank you for joining us on Downtown Lowdown to talk about your business and how it all began. Christine, can you give us a little bit of a rundown of Brada and how it all started? Um, Well, Brada started as a dream. And mm-hmm. it's a long time coming, actually. I would say Brata started as a dream of my grandparents, my oh, grandmothers, really? only because they were always cooking and always making food for, like, the community and that sort of thing. But back in those days, it wasn't like the opportunity never presented itself for them to have a place. It was just the love of cooking and providing for um people in the community. It was I, this in Jamaica? In Jamaica, okay. yes. So my aunt, um, who also loved cooking, well, most women in Jamaica, um, that's just something that's just part of us. Um, so my aunt, um, I learned how to do uh, her famous um, Christmas cakes. But um, Is that different from the rum cake? No. Is so, that is the same? So, so the Christmas cake is, is a rum-filled fruit cake. It's a dark fruit cake. Oh, I've had it. Yes. I've had it That's before. The, it's so good. <laughs> yes. It's so, good. <laughs> so it's very popular in Jamaica, and, of course, it depends on where you get it. It's slightly different, but hers is, like, really good. So she told me that she learned it from my grandmother, and um, so I learned it from her, and I started a small business when I was 17, making baking the Christmas cakes because I just loved baking and um, anyway fast forward to us coming to Canada the need was here to have Jamaican food we Mm -hmm. just could not find when did you come to Canada six years ago oh okay yeah 
So um, we just couldn't find um, good Jamaican food that was busy doing health care and, you know, not being able to just do a good home-cooked meal and mm-hmm. couldn't find places to just grab a good Jamaican meal. And so I started doing patties, which we missed, and my friends wanted patties, and I gave them patties, and they told friends, and everyone started telling me, we need you to make them for us, and so... I said, well, then they said they will pay me to make them. I said, well, that's good. I'll make um, patties. And um, so that started me catering from home. And we started going out to, like, farmer's markets and so on. And because I've always had that part of me wanting to do a food business, I always did it from when I was younger, um, catering from home. And it just evolved into me getting somewhere and doing it. Everyone told me you need to get a place because your food is so good. And so... Then the rest is history. Yeah, (laughs) we're here. As they say. (laughs) This is obviously a mother-daughter kind of business. You know, what is it like to run a a family-run business like this? And working with your mother or working with your daughter, you know, what is it like? Um, We've butted heads all the time. (laughs) All the time. Um, But the good thing is that um, this actually has brought us closer together. Oh, Um, great. Julianne is freshly out of university, and, you know, I thought it was good for my girls to have a base, have a business that they can feel, you know, a sense of ownership Mm -hmm. and work towards building. And, um, oh, my goodness, Julianne has proven to be, like, the yeah. VIP, she I, is. I didn't know I had it in me, to be honest. We had to, you know, drag her out of bed for many days <laughs> to get to school. And get, so when I saw Julianne really running around and getting things done, it was amazing. She she has been, it has been really good. Well, this the theme of this episode is, you know, female entrepreneurs. Yeah. So have you come against any challenges uh, as a female uh, entrepreneur, especially women of color as well? Um, so far, so good. Oh, good. So okay. far, so good. I must say that we have been blessed to have many persons who have been supporting us. Mm-hmm. Our customer base has grown, and it has all been because of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. People have been so supportive and so um, generous in spreading the word mm-hmm. and telling others about it. So I wouldn't say there has been challenges in terms of being a person of color or female, just operating a business in general. Right. And um, so I haven't come upon any roadblocks in terms of things I've identified that, oh, because I'm female, this is happening, or because I'm a woman of color. Mm -hmm. Um, I must say on that note that I was told that years ago, Persons of color wouldn't have been able to rent a place in this area. It wasn't a challenge for me when I, I approached the landlords. I said, oh, I love the space. They advertised it, and I applied it. So when persons came to me and said, oh, it's nice to see a person of color here, I honestly didn't feel like, you know, I was doing something awesome because it wasn't a challenge at all. And I really can't speak to that much because I'm an immigrant. Mm-hmm. And I I know that there may be persons who aren't certain. There are persons who have been affected by racial issues. But I can't say that I've had that um, in terms of trying to find a space. I think, if anything, it's when other persons see us, and they, especially if they know that we're immigrants as well, it's kind of like a good thing for them because they're, saying, they're thinking in their heads, well, if they can do it and they're immigrants, then we exactly. can definitely do it too because uh-huh. when they come in and you can see the smile on their faces, they're like, oh my God, I'm so <laughs> And persons have even said it. They've been like, it's so good to see not even just a person of color, but a woman running a business. And you don't have just them, us in the background. We're actually in the foreground doing our thing. And when they come in, a lot of persons, they're like, oh, my God. Like, when they they hear the name Brata, but when they come in and they see who's running, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. Real Jamaican people, real women, like like women, and not just women, too, persons of color. Like, it's a good thing for yeah, you. Yeah, it's great. Because you own and operate. You're in yeah. the front line of the, you know, the restaurant. You know, you 
do everything. We do everything. <laughs> we do in Jamaica, we would say head cook and bottle washer. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we do everything. And the fact that you can't really think of anything like major, major uh, challenges, you know, being women and entrepreneurs and women of color, uh, really speaks to the, the changing landscape of the restaurant industry yeah. Uh, yeah. in the area, which yes. is really and, positive. And, and so as entrepreneurs, do you have any advice for any uh, young female or, you know, not so young female entrepreneurs? that want to open up a business? Um, Stick to it. Mm -hmm. If you have a passion um, for something, um, don't give up. Challenges will come. Challenges will come um, from the birth of the idea. Challenges will come from you just trying to get it off the ground. Challenges will come when you get it off the ground. And some days you will probably have headaches and you're working long hours and you feel like, when Mm -hmm. is this going to pay off? But the fact that you love what you're doing and you're able to do it, just stick to it. And um, I feel like once you put all the effort into doing what you love to do, you will reap the benefits. Yeah, it's a real passion for you, too. You have to have a passion, yeah. 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 Definitely. You have to love what you do. Well, Christine and Judy Ann, thank you so much for talking to us about Brada and your whole journey into entrepreneurship. So thank you so much well, for your thank time. Thank you, Ivy. Thanks for thank coming, and we do appreciate having that platform to speak to persons about it. It was great talking to you both. Thank you. You as well. We were talking to Christine and Judy Ann Allen, owners of Brada Jamaican Jerk Joint, located at 1567 Grafton Street. For more information about Brada, visit their website at bradajamaicanjerkjoint.ca or go to downtown health fax.ca slash podcast and we'll have a link to their website. Located right on the Halifax waterfront, iHeart Bikes is a bike and electric bike rental shop that offers city tours, self-guided itineraries, multi-day trip planning, gear rental, retail sales, and more. iHeart Bikes is founded and owned by Sarah Craig, one of the many women entrepreneurs in downtown Halifax. We're so pleased to have Sarah on this episode of Downtown Lowdown. Welcome, Sarah. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, what is iHeart Bikes and how did it all begin? So uh, iHeartBikes is a bike rental and guided tour shop on the Halifax waterfront. We opened in 2011 um, with a fleet of about 10 city bikes. And since then, um, I guess we've grown a lot. We now offer, um, this year we'll be expanding to mountain bikes. We have a fleet of e-bikes. We have hybrid bikes, city bikes, road bikes, touring bikes, a whole different array of equipment for people looking to do um, cycling or bicycling adventures in in Halifax and around Nova Scotia. iHeartBikes is celebrating its 10th season this summer. so how has it changed since the beginning? How has the business changed, even, you know, the industry? Well, um, it's, it's been a, a long journey. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like you said, it's our 10th season. Um, so reflecting on the past can often be uh, challenging to see what has changed around you, you know, coming from the inside. I bet the waterfront has changed quite a bit, too. The waterfront has changed. I, I, I walk on the waterfront uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of my time there. I've seen businesses come and go. Um, and I've also seen the waterfront really grow, which is interesting. So sometimes it kind of feels like my home. I spend so much of my time there. But I guess in terms of how it's changed, you know, challenges that I felt in the beginning or things that might have caused me stress um, in the beginning now have just become a, a regular part of doing businesses. So, you know, something might come up and I might not even blink at it, where in the beginning it it would have been, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. a lot of stress. So I've definitely grown in the sense of, of dealing with different business challenges and, and learning how um, to, I guess, operate things the day to day. You know, another thing that I've learned to deal with over those 10 years is is weather. So obviously right. my business is a very weather dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's raining, well, it, it really affects business. Or if it's cold, even if it's too hot, it can be really challenging. So weather is a big factor in my business. And also we have a very short season. Mm-hmm. So we're generally open from May to October. Um, and now, you know, we're in a much better position to weather those rainy days where in the beginning – um, I remember that first season, we had one of the rainiest Julys. Um, last year, we had the rainiest May in 34 oh years. My How do you offset um, those those bad weather um, periods? Um, so, I mean, in some senses, you know, we get more and more pre-bookings every mm-hmm. year. So we can be closed and we can still have a lot of bookings coming through. So that really helps. Um, but the business has just grown and we're, we're able to better weather, weather those. And for myself... 
it has gotten it's still difficult when it's rainy because it's something that I cannot control. There's not much I can do, um, but you learn over time that you will be okay, and you know things go up and down, and and overall, you know, you know each year if you're growing, that's a good sign. Right. So when you started this business, you were pretty young, weren't you? Right out of university, was it? Yes. Yes. So how was it being a young female entrepreneur and opening up a business on your own? So it's it's really hard to differentiate or to look at uh, take like the, being a female part out of it. It's hard to say how that affected things or did not affect things. Um, but it was obviously very challenging. You know, I was a student. I didn't have any money. Um, I had student loans, um, and I, I literally started the day I graduated. Wow. Um, my background, while I was finishing university, I worked for the provincial government, and I worked in a division called the Climate Change Directorate with the Department of Environment. And that certainly impacted um, my career and where I am today, and it was a really positive experience for me. Um, but like many young people I see today, um, I was very concerned concerned about the future, um, the future so of the environment. you started the business? Well, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I guess I found myself in the government, and I was working on some really interesting projects, and I, I didn't feel, though, that that was going to be a long-term career for me. I felt I was going to get frustrated, and, and maybe it wasn't the best way for me to affect change. You know, we're always looking at ways to, to change things for the better, and, it, it, you know, change is, is really hard to do. It's not easy. So I decided that I was going to open up a bike rental shop. Um, again, I started with 10 bikes. And in terms of like what helps me get that initial jump off the ground is I would have to say one of the major factors um, was uh, the, the relationships that I had built or the connections I had built through the Hub Halifax. And I, I, I'm oh, sure that's right. that you Yes, on Barrington that. Street. Yes, the Hub Halifax was on Barrington Street. It was a shared office space. It was space. a shared office yeah. space, and it had all sorts of creative people yeah. um, from all different walks of life. It a lot of very, startups. A there. lot of startups, uh -huh. um, kind of a very diverse community. And two women that run it that I still uh, have a relationship with today and highly respect. And I ended up selling advertising on my first 10 bikes. And I would say, you know, 80% of the people who bought that initial advertising all came from that community. Oh, that's great. Um, so, you know, that really helped mm -hmm. me to uh, get over the first obstacles of purchasing the bikes, buying insurance, um, getting incorporated, the legal fees and, and such. So that was a, a really big benefit to me. So do you see any challenges uh, currently of being a female entrepreneur? And if, if you are facing some challenges, you know, how are you getting through those? Um, I would say absolutely. I, I've definitely had a lot of challenges, some that I would say are because I'm a woman, and then more some that, it, it's again, it's really hard to to look at that objectively. You know, there's there's some situations that I face that have been more overt, sexism or mm -hmm. um and, and then others that are not, and there's some that I can talk about, and there's there's some that I can't. Um, but I would say it's it's absolutely a challenge. Uh, being a small business owner on its in itself, it's extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that you need to balance, um, and then you know you add some of the challenges that are present from being a woman, and it, it's something that I've always felt in the beginning, but it's really hard to put your finger on why. But the statistics that we see indicates that there is, there is a problem. So whether it's the proportion of female CEOs or women not getting the paid at the same mm -hmm. as men, um, you know, these are still challenges that we're seeing today. So, so what is it? And, you know, I would argue that it's not people saying, she's a woman, I'm not going to support her, I'm not going to pay it's her. It's systemic, isn't it? It's, it's ingrained, mm -hmm. I think, in our subconscious. It's ingrained in in how we interact, so when we are, it's how we perceive a woman. It's the expectations that we're putting upon her, and I think it's very different than, um, you know, your typical white male might be experiencing. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, you could be a, a visible minority in a woman, and I think your challenges are going to be even, even more difficult. Um, so there's a lot of layers. It's very complicated, and... Um, you know, I go back to the expectations and the way that we're perceiving women. One of the things that I think about a lot, you know, especially when it's coming up to International Women's Day mm -hmm. is, I think it was um, Lady Gaga. So one, one International Women's Day, she posted this photo and it's a woman and she's like on a balancing ball and she's like spinning two things. And it's like, 
do I have I done it yet? Like, yeah. You kind of have to be superwoman to you, be you, successful. Right. right. So yeah. it goes back to these expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't believe people, you know, some people are doing it intentionally, but I think the majority of what we're, of what women face is things that we can't always see and we can't always put our finger on it. It's biases that are deeply ingrained within our subconscious. Do you get oh, any support from other women uh, entrepreneurs? Um, is there a support network or even if it's informal? You know, I definitely have a support network. Um, it's not necessarily female entrepreneurs, but there's definitely women in there and men in there that I respect um, and that I feel um, I can trust to share my fears or my hopes and, and, you know, truly be myself and that they have my best interests at heart. At the end of the day, when you when you seek advice or ask somebody else um, their opinion, you always have to take responsibility at the end of the day for your choices. So, mm-hmm. so any choice I've made, I, you know, it's it's my my decision. But um, having people that I can depend on on the worst of days have been my biggest asset. So, Sarah, you've been in business for ten years. Do you have any advice for any young female entrepreneur that wants to start up a business or is has recently started a, started a business? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can share what's worked worked for me. I, I, every every situation is different. Of course, yeah. Um, but I would say one of the most important lessons that uh, I've learned and that I continue to learn uh, is that you have to say no. And I think that's something that, as women, is challenging to mm-hmm. do. Um, as a business owner, it's challenging to do. You have to say no to a lot of different things. And with time, you get better at it. Um, but it could be saying no to a customer, which we don't always think of. We think we always have to say yes to customers. Not all, all customers are the best fit. Mm-hmm. And not all customers are, are going to help you in meeting your purpose or contribute um, to your business in the, in the way that you, you need to see to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be suppliers that you're working with. It could be employees. So you, at the end of the day, you have to say no to what's not working for you, and that's how you find something that will. That's really interesting that you say that because I'm sure a lot of people think, oh, you have to take advantage of all opportunities, especially when you're first starting out. But maybe it's not the right fit, as you said, for your business. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of a whole conversation on its own for for a small business owner (laughs) or a business owner. But um, you you can't make everyone happy, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. even though you'd like to and you want to. Um, You're you're only human and... um, yeah, you, you have to say no, you know, unfortunately, in some circumstances. The other thing that I would say is actually something you brought up earlier, is having a good network of people that you can call mm-hmm. on the bad days, because you're going to have bad days, you're going to have good days, um, and you need that support work network. Uh, it's not going to be easy. You know, I think some, I, I, you know, often talk to people, and, oh, I want to start a business, and it's going to be so great, and, and um you know, but I'm not going to work in it. I'm just going to hire someone, and it's going to make all this money. And, blah, blah. and you know, my kind of first reaction is, and, and I'm, in, in, from my perspective, I'm trying to be kind and caring. It's not going to be easy. I think it's, it's the very small percentages, small percentage of businesses that actually start, and it's easy. It's normally very difficult. And um, in some senses, it gets easier because you get stronger and you gain more experience. But um, running a business is, is very challenging. It's not for everyone. And I, you know, I guess kind of like my last piece of advice that I might give to someone, and it kind of relates back to um, you know, being able to say no is that you are not going to be able to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you're going to have to accept. And, you know, you do your best. And at the end of the day, um, if, you've, if you've known that you've done your best, well, that's all you can really ask of yourself. Well, that's great advice. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate your sharing your story about, you know, your journey as a young female entrepreneur in downtown Halifax. Thank you, Ivy. Thank you. We were talking to Sarah Craig, founder and owner of iHeart Bikes, a long-established bike and electric bike rental shop on the Halifax waterfront. For more information on iHeart Bikes, visit iHeartBikes.com or go to downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast, and we'll have a link to their site from our page. And now for BizBuzz. So now it's time for BizBuzz with Luke McLaren, our membership engagement manager with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. So Luke, what do you have for us? Thank you very much. Uh, on this episode, we have two new businesses to welcome to the downtown area. 
Audrey 2, that's T-O-O, has recently opened in Bishop's Landing, 1475 Lower Water Street, and is your one-stop shop for all things plants. They find inspiration in the unique houseplants, terrariums, pots, and soils, and are there to turn any space into a living oasis. Okay. Which so is a lovely description, it by is the way. an oasis, a living oasis. So other than plants, what's it like in there? <laughs> uh, so I went in yesterday, actually. Yeah. Um, and it is very quaint. It's not oh, yeah. a massive store or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, this is their second location, and uh, it's it's nice. Yeah. It's warm in there, and yeah. there's actually a note on the door. It says, please make sure the door is closed oh, to keep yeah. the plants warm. Oh, yeah, keep so them cozy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very welcoming spot, and mm-hmm. uh, the manager there, uh, she was incredibly nice to me, okay. which is very nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I know that uh, there are other locations they have like uh, workshops and things like and events. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they'll be doing that there? They are. So they <gasps> oh. are doing some classes. Okay. Uh, and she told me what they are sorted around mm-hmm. or based around, okay. but I'm not a big plant guy, so <laughs> I can't really remember. Maybe you can become a plant guy. Maybe, maybe, maybe Audrey too will turn mm-hmm. me into a plant guy. All right. Um, but yes, we will be promoting those as they uh, uh, come up. On our social medias or on our updates. Yeah, so and keep actually, an eye out for them. we have a, an online events calendar on uh, on our website. So that's downtownhalifax.ca. So uh, people can keep up to date with any events downtown, including uh, events at Audrey too. Okay, what's next? Also, uh, we have ProCuts Stylus and Barber has opened at 1723 Barrington Street by the Freak Lunchbox. Uh, so I walked by. It does look very nice mm-hmm. inside. Did um, it tempt you to get a haircut? I've actually been meaning to get one, and I said to my partner... I'm not saying any. I'm not, like, well, implying anything that you need one. Well, I find my hair being longer makes me look younger. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it's been in the books for a while. Maybe this is a place <laughs> to go. But, yeah, I was talking with my partner yesterday, and I said, I keep forgetting to get a haircut. And she was like, how is that something you forget? <laughs> how do you forget to cut your hair? You look in the mirror all the Put time. Put it in your little Outlook calendar. Yeah. It's just there's not enough hours in the day. I think we talked about that the other day. There's just not enough hours. Right. And yeah. I said, I'm okay with the number of yeah. hours. Yeah. But, actually, yeah. you know what? We need less hours. <laughs> <laughs> More hours sleeping. I yeah, think. exactly. We also have two businesses that are coming to downtown Halifax very soon. Uh, we are incredibly excited to welcome both Chop Steakhouse and Bar and 1862 Teppanyaki and Steakhouse. Chop Steakhouse and Bar has chosen downtown Halifax for their first Atlantic Canadian location and will be located on the ground level of the Nova Centre in Rogers Square. Also, 1862 Teppanyaki and Steakhouse will be opening at 1675 Granville Street at the back of the Halifax Club. These teppanyaki tables are sure to make a great addition to downtown Halifax. That's great. So yeah. two new restaurants couple, come. Yeah, yeah so one's a couple open. Nice restaurants opening. One's open. Oh, they're both about to open. That's they're right. both about to open. Right. So don't try to go yet. No. Because they're not open. Right. And you but won't get in. <laughs> but they're, we're anticipating their opening. Yes. And uh, I, I met with the owner of Chop Steakhouse and mm-hmm. Bar. He's very excited to be okay. downtown Halifax. He loves the location. And I told him he could get some... Uh, residual customers if the Raptors go on another big run this year oh, in Rogers yeah, Square. definitely, Could yeah. be some people pouring in after the games. Right. And Teppanyaki 1862 right now, uh, I walked by actually yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was out a lot yesterday. Wow. I was yeah, it was good. Day, yeah. <laughs> um, I walked by and they just have the signs on the windows, 1862 coming soon. Right. Um, so it's a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. A little mysterious, which yeah. is very fun. But I saw the sign as well and it looked, you know, yeah. It's yeah. Like, they are very serious about opening oh, yeah. <laughs> in the Halifax Club. And uh, Chop Steakhouse, did you mention when they were opening? Um, there's no exact date yet, but I'm hoping that both of these places are open before the summer. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, um, great for the tourist season. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, there are you know, a couple of places that people will definitely be interested in checking out. Okay. So it'll be nice in the warmer weather, yeah. which is hopefully right around the corner. Yeah, so we'll keep everyone informed and up to date on you know, when, whenever we hear about their opening. Absolutely. Great. Okay. That's all I have. Well, thanks a lot, Luke. Thank you very much for having me. The Coast Top 5 Events. Morgan Mullen is back with the Coast Top 5 Events. Morgan is the arts and entertainment editor at The Coast, Halifax's Weekly. And we're talking about events taking place between March 3rd to 16th. Hi, Morgan. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. How are you on this very rainy day? Uh, We're good. We're good. We were hoping spring was coming, but uh, we've been fooled. I've heard it's called Fool Spring. 
I was just going to say, this is the end of Fool's Spring. It's true. <laughs> and I, like a fool, wore a spring coat today. So just so we all know where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. That means that the next time it heats up, though, it won't be Fool's Spring. It'll be real spring, and then it's and over, and we lived. That's so, right. You know. That's right. Yes. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I have a few different things that are happening around town that I think are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, first up, on Friday, March 6th, from 10 p.m. until 3.30 in the morning, although I personally do not ever stay out that late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hide and Seek on Grafton Street is having a Toronto-themed dance night. It's called okay. Sixth Thing, Volume 2, and it's just going to be music from the weekend and OvoFest happening all night um, with two different local DJs, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds uh, fun. Yeah, definitely. So it's going to be like a good mix of like songs you know because that makes you want to dance and then also discovering new stuff, which is personally my favorite. But mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> um, and then another thing that I also have on March 6th is an event happening at Reflections called Friday Feels. Okay. Um, there is a at least new to me drag collective called House of Rivers um, mm-hmm. that used to be based out of New Brunswick that's recently relocated to Halifax. And they're doing a, a show at Reflections and it looks like it's going to be very kind of the perfect holdover if you're tired or watching RuPaul, but you still kind of want some of that, you know, over-the-top glamour in your life. Right. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic, they're opening up a new exhibit in March called Myths and Legends, Pirate Adventures. Which, okay. honestly, my nerd brain is very excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting to, like, learn all about different pirates and, yeah. you know, what life on the high seas was actually like, because I think it's probably not how we all imagine it in our minds. No. But I think it might be actually cooler. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun. Definitely. Um, Garrett Mason uh, plays at Barely's House okay. of Blues and Ribs on Barrington every Tuesday night. Uh, he's a very decorated uh, blues musician, the son of legend Dutch Mason. Yes, um, I was going to say so that name sounds familiar. Yeah, so he's back every Tuesday uh, in, in March playing uh, free set. I believe he starts at 8. Um, and, yeah, it's just like uh, he's won dozens of Best of Halifax awards for his music. And it's right. just a, a nice, chill way to hear some live music and vibe out with friends. And get some ribs. Exactly. Right. Yes, while you're there. He brings the blues. You can buy the ribs. That's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly, I have on Tuesday, March 3rd, at the Office of the Lieutenant Governor, um, they're doing an evening at Government House, and it, Theatre Nova Scotia is going to be there uh, presenting how to build the world of a play, which I think is kind of okay. interesting. Okay. So interesting. The blurb says, Theatre Nova Scotia will present on how a designer moves from concept to final design in the artistic creation of a theatrical production. So to me, that's like, you. do you remember that show, How It's Made, from the Discovery Channel? Yeah. It's going to kind of like scratch that same itch. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I think it'll be really neat. So, if you're interested in plays and... Yeah. Or even just like, if you're like, I mean, maybe this is just my journalism brain, but if you're just interested in knowing how things work, <laughs> I think yeah, it'll be kind true. of fun too. Yeah. Um, seating for that one is limited to 90, so you do have to register beforehand, even though it's free. And you can do that at uh, gov.ns.ca slash news dash events. We'll have that we'll um, have that link on our website also. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and so that's what I'm filling my calendar with, at least for the next little while. Cool. So, yeah. I just have one thing I'm going to add really quickly. Mm-hmm. The Halifax St. Patrick's Day Parade is taking place on Sunday, March 15th. Um, oh, yes. yes, at 1 p.m. at the seaport. It starts at the seaport market area and then it winds down Lower Water Street to historic property. So it's a pretty short parade, but it's great for kids because it's not too long. It only takes about 20 minutes. That's so true. That's a really good point. I know. Yeah, and also this time of year, you don't have to be out too long. Um, but mm-hmm. it's a nice way to get into the Irish spirit just ahead of, uh, of St. Patrick's Day and March break. So. Totally. Um, yeah. And it has so much spirit packed into it that it doesn't need to be very long. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you can get your face painted beforehand at the Seaport Market. They have a face painter there. And mm. yeah, it's just sort of a nice, uh, nice afternoon if you're looking for something to do. Definitely. Ooh, and you should go out for breakfast before and get like that's pancakes right. to round out the whole thing, right? That's right. I don't know. Like, for some reason in my mind, that's a St. Patrick's thing. I don't know if that's just a St. Patrick's thing to me or if that's a real St. Patrick's <laughs> thing, but we can all partake. In we that can all partake. Starting I'm now. sure there's probably <laughs> some place in the city you can get green pancakes. Right? I think so. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I never, I don't think it's too early to have, you know, a beer to celebrate St. Patrick's Day on the Sunday before, you're right? You can no, have, absolutely. Yeah, have a beer for breakfast. It's okay. It's totally Exactly. Comfortable. Yeah, it's a balanced meal. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Guinness is. It is full of iron. You can have Guinness anytime. That's true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, well, thanks, Morgan. Yeah, thanks so much that for was having fun. me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> have a good afternoon you and too. happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, same to you.
Morgan Mullen is the arts and entertainment editor at The Coast, Halifax's weekly. You can find these and more events at thecoast.ca or downtownhalifax.ca slash events. The Discovery Center is a not-for-profit charitable organization whose mission is to stimulate interest, enjoyment, and understanding of science and technology through innovative, exciting, hands-on experiences for all Nova Scotians. Located on the Halifax waterfront, the center features four floors of interactive exhibits, an immersive dome theater, an innovative lab, and featured exhibits that change several times a year. We are on location at the Discovery Center to talk to Jennifer Punch, the Director of Marketing and Sales, about March break at the center. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Hi, Alana. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the Discovery Center. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about the center and your role here? Sure. Well, it's my pleasure to join you for another edition of the Downtown Lowdown. (laughs) I love the name. Uh, Discovery Center is certainly one of those highlights of visiting downtown Halifax with 40,000 square feet of fun, interactive experiences geared to keeping the whole family entertained in one of Halifax's Mm -hmm. coolest spots. So as you mentioned, my role is Director of Marketing and Sales Mm -hmm. here at the Discovery Center, and uh, it's really uh, the best job in the world. I get to promote the Discovery Center new facility in the Halifax waterfront where we attract children every day uh, to have fun with science. Yeah, that sounds like a, it's just play it, not work. Exactly. Uh, March seems like a busy month at the Discovery Center. Can you tell us what is happening for March break at the Center, and are there special events or activities? Definitely. Well, the Discovery Center is built for March break, uh, and we are so happy that people choose to spend their family time, their family vacation time here with us at the Discovery Center. And so to celebrate March break, we have an amazing lineup planned for both the weeks of New Brunswick March break, okay. which is coming up very soon, mm-hmm. as well as New- Nova Scotia and PEI March break, which is happening towards the end of the month. So first of all, our featured exhibit is Beyond Rubik's Cube, where families can manipulate a giant 10-foot cube. Mm-hmm. They can meet Denzo, the cube-solving robot, who's a bit of an arrogant robot from Jersey, so okay. you have to experience <laughs> that one. Um, there's also uh, a cube-solving lab where you can test your own skills, mm-hmm. um, just like you used to when you were a solving the, cu- the Rubik's Cube. Um, but that's not all. We have a full schedule of live star shows in our immersive dome theater. We have live animal touch pool shows oh, nice. in our ocean gallery. We have live science demos on our main stage, uh, as well as many fan favorites like our uh, flight simulators okay. and our bubble room with mm-hmm. our full body bubble uh, and our innovation lab, always a favorite. So what can visitors expect when they visit the center? Do you have any tips for visitors? We do. We tend to uh, have uh, some um, important tips for March break because it can be a busy time, but Mm -hmm. not to be intimidated. You know, in 2017, when we opened our doors to the new facility, we had some long lineups, and Mm -hmm. I hear many people say, oh, goodness, you know, that was a long wait. Well, it's not like that anymore. We're certainly part of Halifax's uh, fabric now, and, um, you know, lots of people come to visit us on a regular basis. So the lineups are not bad. It's definitely not something to be, uh, to turn you away. Uh, But visitors can expect to have an amazing day full of fun learning and if visitors are coming from Nova Scotia or PEI they qualify for our memberships so memberships are a fantastic value especially if you plan to come more than one time of year Mm -hmm. Um, so they're a great price and it gets you to the front of of any lineup that may occur right but it also gives you uh, great benefits throughout the year discounts in our shop on birthday parties and such Mm -hmm. Um, and they're a really great support for the Discovery Center so that is a tip that I would suggest is renewing or getting your membership before you come and um, you know visitors will want to check out our schedule of events which is online and plan their day not to miss a thing because we have a real timed schedule that uh, tells you exactly what to expect and personally one of my favorites in the Discovery Center is our immersive dome theater yes um, which is just such a special place and after you've experienced a very busy day at the Discovery Center it's just the most peaceful serene spot to learn all about the stars it is and uh, Mm -hmm. so I'd highly recommend getting those tickets on your way in the door so you don't have to backtrack through admission to get those later because you don't want to miss out. No, those are all good tips. Um, is there anything coming up at the Discovery Center, either events or new exhibits that you can share with us today? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to share with you a bit of a sneak peek, okay. I guess. Uh, we've just signed a new contract with a, our next featured exhibit. It's called Beyond Human Limits Extreme Sports. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And it will be with us from May to September 2020. Okay. So it's our next exhibit mm-hmm. uh, after the Rubik's Cube. And uh, so that will be kind of the first time that we're talking about sports 
sport, uh, the science of sport. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited. It'll be summer. It's an active time of year. So I think and the Olympics. I think it'll be a big hit. The Olympics, yeah. the Indigenous Games That's are here right. in yes. Halifax. Yep. Uh, so it's a great celebration of sport across our city, mm -hmm. and we're happy to participate that in that. That sounds really fun. Yep. And in addition, we are also very happy to recognize Autism Acceptance Month in April. Okay. And so we'll be doing an early opening one uh, day in April where we turn our brightest lights down and our, right. our loudest sounds down, and we have mm -hmm. a bit of a lesson sensory experience for those who require that. And so that's a really great um, great event. We also uh, April is also National Oral Health Month. Okay. And so on April 14th, we'll be joined by the Dental Hygiene Department at Dalhousie. Okay. And they take over the the center, including a mascot dressed in a giant tooth costume. They give away, um, you know, toothbrushes and games for the kids. They really help us engage with our visitors uh, in a healthy way, mm -hmm. talking about oral health, and uh, just it's a lot of fun. So uh, look out for that. More on that. And then plus, on a regular basis, we host two series of events, one called Little Learners, okay. which, as you can tell, is for our littlest visitors. Uh, so those toddlers, really up to three years of age. And so we have those monthly. They're different themes once a month. And uh, that's a really great series. And the other one is Discovery Days. Okay. And those tip tend to happen once a month. Both of those things are kind of included with admission. So if you can just identify the day and come on that particular mm -hmm. day, there's no extra charge. But it's just extra programming and just specific on a, on a particular theme. That's good to know. Yeah. So finally, anything you would like our listeners to know about the Discovery Center? Well, many uh, of our visitors and maybe your listeners might not know that the Discovery Center is actually a not-for-profit. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. We're a registered charity, and so as families are having fun during March break, they can feel really good about where their admission and membership dollars are going, um, as well as their purchases in our shop, perhaps. Uh, you know, that that income helps us carry out our mission right. uh, to ignite early interest in science and technology in families, mm -hmm. both in the center but also with our programs on the road as we travel Nova Scotia uh, with our educators, you know, teaching kids about STEAM. Well, thanks for joining us on the Downtown Lowdown. Such a pleasure. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Happy March break. Thank you. <laughs> Jennifer Punch is the Director of Marketing and Sales for the Discovery Center. We interviewed her on-site at the Discovery Center, which is located on the Halifax waterfront at 1215 Lower Water Street. March break is taking place in Nova Scotia from March 16th to 20th. Find out more about the Discovery Center and their March break events at thediscoverycenter.ca. And for more ideas of what to do this March break in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash March break. You've been listening to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Find us on social media at Downtown Halifax. If you like what you heard, please share your thoughts using hashtag Downtown Lowdown. For more information and links, visit downtownhalifax.ca.